Now, we're literally at the end of our series in 2 Corinthians. We literally have one more chapter to go. Now, we've been journeying through 2 Corinthians since January, and it has been awesome. We've learned so much about the church in Corinth. We've learned so much about ourselves and how God is calling us to function as Christians. So we're going to dive deep today into God's Word. And the title of this morning's message is, My Secret Weapon. My Secret Weapon. Man, weakness is something that we try so hard to avoid. It's something that we try to overcome. It's something that we try to conquer. Sometimes we even try to ignore it. Yet for all our efforts that we have to try to be strong, weakness never really goes away. And often when that weakness goes away, it only gives life to new weaknesses in our life. Man, we live in a society that is filled with self-help solutions. The voices of this world will tell us, hey, focus on your strength. Or if you're determined and and you're ambitious enough, then, then you can overcome your weakness. But the truth is, is that the world fears weakness so much that it wants to oppress it and kill the weak. Those who fail to meet the ideals of what this world defines as strength are typically cast aside in our society. But what if I told you that the very things that we despise about ourselves are the greatest weapons that we have? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, the scripture says this, God has chosen the foolish things of this world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of this world to shame the things which are strong. Let's Face it, if we were to pull all of our collective stories of this mosaic that makes up Risen King Church, we're going to find crippling accounts of weakness, health issues, physical, emotional defects, abuse, violence in our past, alcoholism, pornography addictions, divorces, injustices, bitterness, anger, and pain within us. See, the scars we bear would likely sting again as we reveal tales of betrayal, loved ones letting us down, friends leaving, loneliness, frustration, and rejection in our lives. One of my favorite movies to watch around Christmas time has this uh, little place in it called The Island of Misfit Toys. See, we can all relate to what it means to fall short somewhere in our life, whether it's in the eyes of others or it's in ourselves. Sometimes we can be our worst critics. Even though most people you can imagine have weaknesses, truthfully, we've all been hurt. Some of us are just more honest about it than others. What it amounts to is that no one is perfect. And that's okay for right now where we are in life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul thought about these things. And he thought about his relationship and where it stood with his peers and in the eyes of his audience and his relationship with God. So 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10, reading from the NASB, it says this, Boasting is necessary. 
though it is not profitable, but I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. And he says this, he says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or out of the body I do not know, God knows such a man was caught up into the third heavens. And I know how such a man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I don't know, but God knows, caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which a man is not permitted to speak. On behalf of such a man, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast, except in regard to my weakness. For if I do wish to boast, I will not be foolish, for I will be speaking the truth. But I refrain from this so that no one will discredit me with more than he sees in me or hears from me because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations for this reason to keep me from exalting myself. In other words, I've experienced this incredible thing. God has taken me in a vision to to the third heavens and I've seen things that I cannot speak about. I've heard things that I cannot talk about. So because I've experienced this wonderful thing so that my heart won't get proud, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave. And he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I'd rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content. I'm happy in my weaknesses. With insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I don't know if you'd like to read the Wall Street Journal, but every once in a while I like to grab a newspaper and the health and fitness section of the Wall Street Journal published what was a little bit of a joke. It says, a penny for your thoughts study. And it was conducted actually by Harvard University. And it revealed that 40% of everyday speech is devoted to telling others about what we feel or think. The study said that talking about ourselves, whether in a personal conversation or through social media sites like Facebook or Twitter, triggers the same sensation of pleasure in our minds as food or money does. Man, sadly, our culture likes to boast in its self-sufficiency apart from God. But what our hearts truly reveal, what science suggests over and over again, is that we all have this desperate, innate need to belong, to be heard, and to be accepted. And the reason for that desperation is that God has placed within each person the need to worship, and the need to belong. And it's truly a need that only God can satisfy within us. So Paul tells us this story. Uh, when I first read this story for the very first time, I thought, hey, Paul must be speaking about another person in regards to this vision. But when I dug deeper, Paul was actually talking about himself. He's talking about this powerful revelation. 
He's saying, I, I, was, I was given the opportunity to see the heavens. I was given the opportunity to see the glory of the Father. I heard things. I could imagine the worship that he heard in heaven. It must have been absolutely amazing. Perhaps the revelations that he heard in heaven. And, and, and he tells this story about himself. And what Paul was trying to say, he says, look, I've been given this wonderful opportunity to see these things, but I don't want to boast in this thing. This is probably the height of what it means to be a Christian, to experience the fullness and the pureness of God's presence. And he says, look, I don't want to boast, not for my sake, but for yours. And then he talks about how he had this encounter with the Heavenly Father and he paints this picture of what we all long to have with God, which is to be favored by God and to experience God's presence. And then with boldness, Paul says, I don't want to boast about my past experience. I only boast about the harshness of this world. The things that have been done to, to me in this world, the distresses that I've gone to, and its attempts to keep me weak have only served to drive me further into the arms of the Savior. Brother Yoon, in the book, The Heavenly Man, the remarkable story of Chinese Christian Brother Yoon, said this. He said, it is not great men who change the world, but weak men in the hands of a great God. Man, if you feel weak today, this message is for you. If you feel like you have no strength today, this message is for you. If you feel like you are emotionally depleted, this message is for you. You need to know that your greatest weakness is your greatest weapon of warfare in Jesus. And I want to encourage you to embrace your weakness See, weakness is a weapon that allows miracles to happen. Bethany Brookbank in her book, Write Like No One Is Reading, says this, For years I was deathly afraid of my own weaknesses, but when I closed my eyes and let myself be vulnerable to them, it allowed miracles to take place. Miracles that were only alive when I accessed my blind faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Easter Sunday, several years ago, I said that everyone wants a miracle, but nobody wants to be in a situation, a problem, the depth of a cave or a well that it requires to necessitate one. So let's all boast about our weakness. When other people say that we're not qualified or that we're fools for believing in Jesus or that our religion will never measure up or that we don't measure up to their standards or they mock us when we fail in our faith, let's boast that we're in a situation that the Holy Spirit can operate in our lives. It's He who set us apart. It is the Holy Spirit who has sanctifies us. It is the Holy Spirit who has qualified us for this life. So you can't fix yourself. You can't undo your hurts. You cannot change the past. You can't heal your heart or obtain meaning for your life on your own. The path to reconciliation, health, 
Healing and redemption is through the cross. Only Jesus can give your life value, purpose, and meaning. And Paul understood that. See, he tried to qualify himself, but not until Jesus changed his life. Man, isn't this the truth? See, see, Paul was on top of his game from a worldly perspective. He had everything. He had recognition from everybody up until the point that he had recognition from the only person that mattered. He was on top of the world until he met Jesus. It's crazy that when the world declares you qualified, perhaps you're unqualified for God. And it's crazy that when God declares you qualified, that the world rallies against you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul was sharing one of his personal struggles. He, he called it a thorn in his flesh. He called it a messenger of Satan. So here was the greatest author in the New Testament, the guy who opened the door for the gospel for you and I. And he was confused and confined by a weakness. And Paul asked God to fix it. He says, three times I asked God to fix it, but it didn't work. Nothing changed. Instead, God gave this mysterious promise to him. He says, my power, it works best in your weakness. And he answered Paul's prayer by saying, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. It may sound like a profoundly unsatisfying response. If you're asking God right now, hey, Lord, wave this magical wand in front of me. Eliminate all of my shortcomings so that I can progress in life. I don't want to be weak because I want to be strong. But it isn't about being strong despite your weaknesses. And it isn't about trying to be strong after your weaknesses have been eliminated. It is about being strong in and through and because of your weaknesses. Somehow, incredibly, the things that drive you crazy about yourself might be central to the fulfillment of your potential. You see, my friends, your weaknesses don't disqualify you. They actually qualify you even more. They're the portals through which God's blessings can begin to enter your life. That doesn't mean, though, that you never need to change. The truth is, is that we're called disciples of Jesus. It means we're always growing in God. But it does mean that the current version of you is the right version for you in this moment. Stop stressing and straining to be a different you because the real you is perfect and is priceless. It's not only what God has to work with, it's what God wants to work with. And from that starting place, progress is possible in your life. Man, so much of what Jesus teaches is so uncomfortable to the world. It is so countercultural. It is so different but we should expect nothing less in regards to weakness 
It fits Jesus's backwards way of explaining the world. It fits Jesus's way of turning the world upside down to show that the systems of this world are not the systems of the kingdom. You see, Jesus taught that the way to be first is to be last, that the way of success is service, that the way to attain is to relinquish, that the way of strength is weakness, that the way to security is vulnerability, that the way of protection is forgiveness, that the way of life is death. Know your strength, my friends. Why? Because that's the only way that you will ever be able to lay them down. See, God's power is made perfect where? In our weakness. Want to get the most? Go to where the least is. Want to be free? Give complete control to God. Want to become great? Become the least. Want to find yourself? Forget yourself. Want to get even with your enemies? Bless, love, and pray for them. See, the gospel presents crazy ways of thinking about power, crazy definitions of success, crazy ideas and images about the meaning and the purpose of life, crazy storylines that no author would plot. The world will never have enough because we cannot earn what only God can give. And the world will never be able to qualify us only Jesus can. I want to seal everything that we've spoken about. I want to seal verse 10 in our hearts. And I want to read it aloud together. Would you join me in reading it aloud together? And this is going to be a declaration that we declare collectively together in our hearts. Are you ready? It says, therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. Now I want you to get loud when you say this last part. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's pray together, church family. Father, thank you. Father, we ask that you would forgive us every time we have looked at a weakness in our life and we've seen it as our downfall. Father, help us to grow in faith and in maturity, but help us to see that strength truly means relying fully on you. That the thing that makes us weak, perhaps self-conscious, is that very area where you want to use us, where your power will flow through us. So, Father, we ask, God, that you would begin to, to cause that understanding to flow into each one of our hearts, into each one of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.